This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's Friday night. It's the preview show. It's the No Name Never Podcast. Hello and welcome to the preview show brought to you by the No Name Never Podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Bromley, but joining me is the main man himself, the absolute superstar of the preview show. It is, of course, headliner Dave Statman Roberts. Dave, hello, hello. Hello, Natalie. How are you? I am very well, thank you. Particularly well after Sunday's results. But, but Dave, I made a grave error. I've got something I need to tell you. Oh, go on. Oh, so recording the analysis show last night with Tom and Rich, I got a bit giddy towards the end of the show, and I was singing away that the Clarets were staying up and that we were safe and it was done. And you know, can't wait six consecutive. Um, season in the Premier League and I was like yeah it's going to be amazing and as soon as we finished recording Tom said to me he said Natalie what are you going to do if this weekend Fulham beat Chelsea and we lose to West Ham and then Fulham beat us and we're only three points ahead of them with three games to go and Dave I've had the fear ever since why would you say that to someone it's not going to happen is it it's not. I mean, Fulham. They're not going to beat Chelsea Chelsea. for a start. No, no. I think. I think we were very lucky at the weekend. Actually, no. Actually, okay. Not taking away from that brilliant performance of the weekend, Dave. But I did think that fate was slightly on our side of the weekend, in that we faced a world side that had literally nothing to play for. I think you would agree. But nonetheless, Dave, what a performance that they pulled out of the bag. Yeah, well, yeah, that that first half, it was um, one to go down. I think you you look back on games. I I think back to the uh, uh, Brentford game in the promotion season. We uh, played them off the park Mm. in the first half. Another match away from home did really well. Um, And we do tend to have these games. Crystal Palace was another one, wasn't it, this season, where we uh, were certainly at it right from the uh, first whistle. And, uh, yeah, the attitude and and everything, the, the finishing as well, that sometimes led us down. Uh, the finishing was there and uh, it was a well-deserved performance. Could have been more. We had a, a goal, a marginal one, uh, disallowed for offside. We had plenty of other chances. It could have been more than uh, more than four in the end. Yeah, I don't, I'm not entirely convinced that the offside was that marginal, though, to be fair. I've got to say, we've talked about this a lot this season, haven't we, about um, we, don't, we don't like these toenail and like armpit hair decisions. But to me, actually, I thought 
uh, Vidra's second, so one like was it like a minute into the second half? I actually thought that was a really good example of the benchmark that I want to see for offside goals. I could see a clear amount of Vidra's foot that was offside, at least half of his foot from like the, the, the arch of his foot to his toe. That to me, I'm very, very happy with. I think if you can see half a foot or more, not foot as in feet, but foot as in his actual physical foot, I'm all right with that. I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. So that's assuming they've stopped the frame at the correct point, which is another uh, well point. With, uh, with oh, this. Dave, let's not open that can of worms. It's a Friday night. We're in celebration mode. Let's get away from from the nonsense that is VAR. And we have, of course, got a, a lovely preview show. We're going to be looking ahead to the Clarets fixture this. Monday, I think. And we've got fantasy football updates. We've got all sorts going on. So why don't you kick us off, Dave, with the answer to last week's quiz question. Now, it was the end of the preview show for the Wolves game, and we posed you, listeners, this quiz question. In addition to Michael Duff, who was sent off in a match at Wolves in 2013, which other three Burnley players were sent off in matches at Wolves since 2000? Now, Dave, this was a little bit of a stinker, I think. Was it? I'm not sure. Yes. Maybe, maybe to get all three was tricky. We'd, we so, uh, we had some. We had some. Yeah, you want three. <laughs> we, we we only got. Well, no, I, I did it this way so that people could just get one right and think they were doing okay and wouldn't necessarily need to get all three. But we did just get one correct answer with uh, with all three. Do you want to know who the three players were? Please. They were. Uh, Paul Cook uh, was sent off uh, early on in the game, if I recall, uh, in 2002. Uh, John McGreal was sent off in 2005. And uh, Clark Carlisle saw red at Wolves in 2008. So it's unusual to have so many players sent off against uh, one particular team. But we'd had four of them since uh, 2000. And they were the other three, in addition to Michael Duff. Excellent. Well, did we have any correct answers at all? Uh, we just had the one that got all three correct, and that was uh, quiz regular Adrian Caton was in touch uh, in plenty of time this week um, and got all three answers right. So well done to uh, to you, Adrian. Did we get any listeners who got some questions right, but not all, some answers right? Sorry, but not all of them. Um, well, we had Adam on uh, Adam uh, Dennett on last week. He got one of the three. He knew um, Clark Carlisle. Uh, John Robertson was in touch with two out of the three. I think he got um, may well have been Paul Cook and Clark Carlisle. John McGreal was the one that he didn't get, if I if I remember correctly. Um, but yeah, just just the one with all three. So that was an impressive result from uh, from Adrian. Excellent. Well, do stick around, listeners, because we're going to have another carefully curated quiz question at the end of the show. Dave, you put in some tongue tongue <laughs> carefully curated question, and I very nearly tripped over that. Then your little your little sneaky thing in there, putting stuff in the script. Um, yes, yeah, stay tuned, listeners, because we're going to close this show off with another quiz question for this week. Another another three part quiz question. Oh, really, Dave? What yeah. is what? Honestly, you're getting difficult at the end of this season. You know, trying to put <laughs> arbitrary cutoff times for when questions can be submitted. Three-part questions. You know, our listeners are going to be falling out with you. Um, right, we need to move on, but I've lost my pen. Where's my pen? Oh, hang on, it's here. Right, we're good. Okay, let's move on. Opposition stats. We are, of course, looking ahead to the Clarets' next Premier League feature, which is West Ham United away. Monday the 3rd of May. Goodness me, Dave. How are we in May already? Uh, Monday the 3rd of May, 8.15 kickoff, and that is live on Sky Sports. So, Dave, kick us off, please. What is the recent history 
of this fixture. Uh, well, each week we've been looking back at our recent meetings home or away against our next opponents since our elevation back to the top flight in 2009. Uh, West Ham United are one of those teams we've played in each of our previous six Premier League campaigns. Although with one season in the Championship in between, uh, plus a League Cup game at Turf Moor during that time, uh, there have been eight recent meetings between the two teams at Turf Moor. Uh, Burnley have won three, drawn two, and lost three of those eight matches. And the three wins have all been in the Premier League games. There was a rare victory for Brian Law's side in February 2010, which we'll come back to later, as well as back-to-back victories under Sean Dyche in the last two seasons. Uh, the last meeting between the two teams at Turf Moor was in November 2019, and Burnley were convincing 3-0 winners, with goals from Ashley Barnes, Chris Wood, as well as a Roberto own goal after he palmed in Ashley Westwood's in-swinging corner. Uh, and despite the temptation to pick that match as our highlight, we've gone back to the 2017-18 season uh, for the first match of our next section. Highlights and lowlights. Which is, Dave, why don't you tell us what that one is, which is, of course... Highlights and low lights. So I'm hoping that you're starting with a highlight. We are, yes. We're going with a highlight first. Um, and things were looking rather bleak for Burnley at the end of t- uh, 2018. Um, after a seventh place finish in 2017 18 and entry into the qualification rounds of the Europa League, our league form got off to a stuttering start um, and continued to suffer right up until the first of the festive fixtures. At the first 19 games of 2018 19 delivered, just 12 points, and a 5-1 home defeat to Everton on Boxing Day had those Burnley fans of a pessimistic persuasion seriously worried. However, <laughs> Not like me. A... <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, however, <laughs> there was a chance to atone a couple of days later, as West Ham United were in town, and first-half goals from Chris Wood and then Dwight McNeil with his first senior goal ensured a 2-0 win. This also proved to be the kickstart our season needed, as we turned the form book on its head and started to accumulate points at an impressive rate once more. In the end, safety was ensured with ease, and our run of seasons back in the top flight continued. Excellent. Well, I'm I'm hesitant to say this because that was quite a nice little highlight section, but what have you picked for the low light? Uh, Well, for our low light, we're going to go back to October 2014. Uh, That was early on during our first season back in the Premier League. That was with uh, Sean Dyche as manager. Um, And after the joy of promotion in 2013-14, the Clarets had a tough start to life back in the Premier League for our second campaign uh, ever. Um, The first 10 matches yielded just four points. Uh, That was four draws and six defeats. And this match was one of those defeats. Um, although we'd kept things tight in the first half and a crossover goalless, two goals in six minutes from Diafra Sacco and Enna Valencia seemed to demoralise the team and the crowd. George Boyd gave us some hope when he pulled a goal back, but another from Carlton Cole effectively ended any chance we had of getting back into the game and ensured the visitors left the Northwest with a 3-1 away win. As we know, there was no immediate happy ending to this story as we were relegated at the end of the season. But the board and the fans stuck with the manager and we reaped the rewards with an immediate return the following season with a championship title followed by an extended stay in the top flight ever since then. Oh, that's a sad story. I don't like talking about relegation. Fixture flashback! Um, 
Well, let's move away from that low light straight away then. And we're going to look firstly at our fixture flashback feature, which is always, of course, your chance to get involved on the preview show, because each week we ask you to send us your match day memories from a particular game from the past against our next opponents. And that is going to be featured on the relevant preview show. Now, Dave, we've given our listeners a bit of a hard time, haven't we, recently about this, because they're not getting involved and we want them to. And we've had one, regular contributor Jan. Jan, Jan? How are you pronouncing yeah. that, Dave? Jan. We've got a feature. Tell us all about it. Uh, well, yeah, we do have a recording this week. Jan's been uh, back in touch. He's uh, done a few uh, matches already this season, but he's got in touch with another one. Um, he's going to re- recall the details of a Burnley victory against West Ham at Turf Moor from yesteryear. So take it away, Jan. My memory this week goes back to 1968. After a chastening 4-0 home defeat to Liverpool in front of Granada's TV cameras, the Clarets had a quick opportunity to make amends on a Tuesday night under lights at Turf Moor. West Ham were in town, featuring their three World Cup winners, Bobby Moore, Jeff Hurst and Martin Peters. But it was Burnley who played the champagne football that night. Manager Harry Potts made five changes, giving the team a more youthful feel. It was Steve Kindon who was the star. On his home debut, capping a wonderful game with a typical skippy goal, running onto a through ball, outpacing his full-back and slotting it past the keeper. In front of a poor crowd, only 13,000, Burnley won 3-1, but it was the sight of Kinden in full flow that remains in my memory. This win kick-started a run of eight consecutive league and cup wins that took the Clarets from 15th to 6th and to the semi-finals of the League Cup before injuries and fatigue took over. Well, yeah, thanks once again to Jan for his uh, West Ham United memory. And there are still plenty of opportunities for you to send us your memories for any of our four remaining games this season, which are uh, we're away at Fulham. uh, We've got home games against Leeds United and Liverpool. And then finally, we're away at Sheffield United. So after we play this weekend, just four remaining games. We do want to hear your memories of uh, any past matches against those teams, either home or away as uh, as relevant. Um, As always, you can uh, direct message us on Twitter, that's at never, or send an email, podcast at nonenever.net. And although we're more than happy to read out written submissions, we particularly enjoy listening to your recordings. Uh, We have mentioned this before, but the easiest website to use to record your thoughts and send us an audio link is vocaroo.com that's v-o-c-a-r-o-o.com which is totally free to use and no registration required it's really simple so we would like to hear from you if you've got any memories of those uh, matches coming up surely Sheffield United is is the is the one that everybody's got a memory from actually are they allowed to send in playoff final ones for that no it's got to be from Sheffield United away so there won't be very very many good memories of uh, Sheffield United away although we have, we have had a couple technically of though Dave we were away from home we were but I'm are you not going to be a stickler for a rule here <laughs> my god do you know what listeners we've, we've created a beast Dave is just getting he's getting very very stickler for the rules here I think we I think we need to have a word um let's get John Robertson on the case heroes and villains uh, heroes and villains, villains, please. Oh, I love this section so much, and I never, I never look forward in the script to this one because I like it to be a surprise. So I have no idea what you've picked this week. So let's start with hero. Uh, well, 
Oh my God, you have gone wrong. Uh, This week's hero is a player who scored in his debut against West Ham United in a Burnley win at Turf Moor in February 2010. Uh, There weren't too many high points during the second half of the 2009-10 season. In fact, this was just one of three wins during the second half of the season. The other two, uh, that was away at Hull and then at home to Spurs on the last day of the season, were far too late to make a difference. Uh, The player in question, and our hero this week, is Danny Fox. He'd arrived from Celtic at the end of January as we looked to bolster the squad for a season which has started to go off the rails after a relatively promising start. Uh, Burnley were attacking the B-hole end in the second half, and after a free kick was awarded on the edge of the box in front of the Bob Lord stand, Danny Fox sent a powerful curling shot past Rob Green and into the far top corner to add to the goal which David Nugent had scored earlier. Burnley eventually won the game 2-1, although for the rest of the season, that was about as good as it got. Yeah. Well, I say rogue. I've not forgiven Danny Fox. He was one of the snakes that ran away. Um, and I put him in the villain for being a snake and running away. Um, who have you picked as a villain then, Dave? Uh, well, our villain this week, oh, compared to previous be. weeks, uh, is a slightly more conventional choice uh, than we had in our last episode anyway, uh, and involves a West Ham player who picked up two yellow cards in two minutes. Uh, the match in question was a 1-1 draw in October 2017, and the player was Hammers striker Andy Carroll, who for careless and aggressive use of the elbow in two consecutive aerial challenges was quite rightly dismissed by referee Stuart Atwell. Uh, the sheer stupidity of repeating the offence just two minutes after picking up a first yellow card was staggering. Uh, if anything, the second incident was worse and could easily have been a straight red. Even his manager, Slaven Bilic, couldn't defend his player in his post-match interview. Uh, We do like to shine a light on a pantomime villain here on the No Name Ever preview show, and Andy Carroll certainly fits the bill on this occasion. It certainly does. It had to be Andy Carroll, didn't it? I don't think it was anybody else. Um, So who's going to be taking charge uh, front of house, front and centre at uh, uh, Sundays, Mondays, whatever day we're playing? Monday, Monday. Monday's game, Dave. Who's the referee? Uh, Well, if the name of the referee for Monday's match seems familiar, uh, that's because it is. Um, Anthony Taylor of Withenshaw has been a familiar face this season. He was at Turf Moor as recently uh, as the match against Newcastle United on the 11th of April. Uh, and we'll spare you another full run-through of his stats on this occasion, having reeled them off for you quite so recently. However, this will be his fifth Burnley match of this season, and we're yet to win one of them. So we'll be trying to reverse that trend on Monday. Um, the video assistant referee is a man we've just mentioned, the one who was refereeing when uh, Andy Carroll was sent off, and that's uh, Stuart Atwell. Excellent, 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 excellent. I've not said that for a while, I'm going to say it again. Excellent! Statman Dave's Stat of the Week! Uh, well, we're not going to leave it there, Dave. I know we're not because you like to treat our listeners and uh, there's only a few more chances for you to do this this season. So why don't you delve deep into the pockets of Statman Dave and give your listeners your miscellaneous stat of the week? Uh, well, for a change, rather than a West Ham-related stat of the week, I'm going to reel off some hat-trick stats. And that's in recognition of Chris Wood, who scored Burnley's second Premier League era hat-trick although it was also our 81st top-flight hat-trick in 58 seasons at that level since 1888. Uh, Chris Wood was the first Burnley player to score a top-flight hat-trick away from home since Willie Irvin scored three in a 5-2 away win at Fulham in December 1965. The last Burnley player to score a first-half hat-trick was Gareth Taylor, 
That was in a home game against Watford in April 2003. Incredibly, Burnley trailed 4-5 at half-time in that match and ended up losing 4-7. Overall, Burnley players have scored 171 hat-tricks in competitive matches, a feat which has been achieved by 86 different players. We had to wait 1,576 days between Andre Gray's hat-trick against Sunderland, that was at Turf Moor on New Year's Eve 2016, and Chris Woods last Sunday. So hopefully the wait for the next one won't be quite as long. And we also will have a hat-trick-related quiz question for you at the end of the show, so stick around for that one. So that is the answer. Right leg, left leg, header. No. Oh, okay. So how are you feeling about Monday, Dave? I'm, um, I don't know how I feel. It's a difficult one, isn't it? Because West Ham, will, I, will it depend on how the weekend's fixtures go? Because West Ham have kind of gotten a remote chance of some Champions League action, haven't they? So they've got something to play for. Uh, they have still, yeah. So it's not, they're not going to be um, on the beach on, uh, on Monday by any means. Um, they've had a really good season. They've done really well, surprised quite a lot of people. I don't think there were too many people at the start of the season who thought that they'd be uh, up there as high as they have. But uh, David Moyes has done a, a good job for them this season. They've... Um, Excel themselves and um, probably deserve to be where they are on the balance of the season. I think if you look at the uh, the league table at the end of the season, it very rarely lies. So they've uh, they've done something right this season. So it's not going to be um, an easy prospect by any means. Um, but I think we can take some confidence in um, our performance last week and uh, look to try and build on that, going with a, a positive attitude, and um, hopefully we can get another win. Uh, well, hopefully we'll get a win. Then do you think we will get another win? That's a question. I'm going to pin you down to this because you always you, you're such a politician's answer. Do you think we'll win? I'm going to predict a win. Yeah, I don't think it will be <gasps> a high-scoring one. I'm going to predict a two-one win. And who's going to score? Uh, Wood and Vidra. Ah, oh, lovely. You're not going to put two down for Wood. No, he's a man no on form. Vidra. Man on form. Can we not tempt you? No. No. Okay. Um, well, Spend I think <laughs> I actually I'm going to do a Dave this week, and I think I think a draw is probably a, a really good result for us to think about. I don't think we're going to get beat because I just think that performance at the weekend there's something there, and I think they'll be riding high after that. And I think um, actually it does depend. Actually, before I talk about mine, interestingly, I wonder whether he'll go back four five one again. Like he did. Um, I hope not. I'd like to stick possibly, him possibly not. I, I mean, he, looking back, he has used that. I think he's used that three times this season. Yeah. And it has been in the games against the the, the teams at the top. Well, say the teams at the top. I think one of them was against Arsenal. I think at the time Arsenal were struggling, but we did it against Manchester City, um, and it, it it seems to be more of a uh, maybe a defensive tactic to tr- try and. Um, you know, put bodies in midfield, try and get more players in there, um, try and get a bit more possession time on the ball and, and do it that way. So I don't know. I, th- I think maybe, I think it, it works so well against Wolves, I think he might be tempted to stick with the four four two and have uh, Wooden Vidra uh, up front as the front two. Yeah, I think for me, I think it just depends on, on where we are. And I think away from home at West Ham, I think he might be more interested Sorry, more tempted to go with a with a four five one. Uh, listeners, let us know what you think. What you know? Do you think he'll revert back to four five one? Do you think he'll stick with four four two? Um, do you think we'll win, draw, lose? What do you think? Who's going to score? 
what's the score going to be and how they're going to score a left foot, right foot header or backside. We don't really care. Well, let us know what your thoughts are. You can tweet us at known and never, or you can email us at podcast at knownandnever.net. Um, very quickly, before we move away from the preview, Dave, the thought, the uh, injury list that we usually updated on is looking pretty nice. Just two entries on it. Uh, yeah, it appears the the it's really just uh, Robbie Brady who's uh, been out for a while. There's no return date um, schedule for him yet. Um, I think I think in the previous press conference, I'm not at the full press conference for this time, um, but saying that um, it's touch and go for the season, so may not be back uh, at all. That's a calf, shin. Stroke heel injury. It's it's a foot injury which is keeping him out. Yeah, I know what this foot injury is, Dave. I, I do actually have. I've got an update for you there. It, it's it's there's a really weird medical term for Robbie Brady's, and it's called wants to go to Celticitis. I don't know if you've heard of that before, <laughs> but it's a it's a good one. But yeah, sorry, do carry on, Kevin Long. Uh, and the only other injury that we're aware of is um, Kevin Long, who uh, came back, didn't he? He was injured in the uh, international break. Uh, came back. That's another similar sort of injury, I think. Um, but I don't think there's too many worries about that with, um, well, certainly at the moment, Ben Mee and James Tarkovsky, that partnership uh, working really well for us at the moment. So um, we certainly don't have as many injury problems as, as most teams. West Ham have got um, quite a few players out. Um, uh, Mikel Antonio um, and Declan Rice are both out. Uh, they've been out for a, a little while. Um, so yeah, they've they've got fewer options from from that perspective, but they're going to be a, a, a difficult prospect. The the way they're playing this season, it's not going to be a, an easy game for us. No, but that's okay. We're going to be fine. We're going to draw, and if you get your way, you're going to throw. Um, yeah. So there you go. Don't don't forget, listeners. Do let us know what you think of the game. Um, and uh, we'll we'll see. Be exciting. Be nice to go last because hopefully Fulham will have got beat, and 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 hopefully actually for us. Champions League results will have gone against West Ham and we'll be able to just relax and have a nice... God, that'd be nice, wouldn't it, Dave, to have a nice, relaxed game on Monday night? Fantasy Premier League update. Um, Moving on. Second half of the show, Dave. We've got quite a lot of fantasy football updates to update our listeners on, haven't we? We've got um the results of games weeks 33 and 32, is it? 32 and 33, yeah. Yeah, two weeks. So, yeah, go for it, Dave. Let us update us. What's happening? Yeah, well, we are able to bring you another update to the latest standings at the top of the No Near Never Fantasy Premier League. That's following the completion of game week 33. Um, There are now 20 teams that have broken through the magic 2,000 points barrier, uh, but we're going to focus our attentions on the latest top 10. Um, And with two game weeks since our last update, there has been some movement, including another change at the top. Uh, certainly since the last time we uh, we ran through the top 10. So we're going to do the top 10 now in reverse order. We've got in 10th position, uh, that's down, is Steve Holden. We've got uh, LEH uh, is up to 9th. Andrew Smith up to 8th. Charlie Bins is down to 7th place. In 6th place is a climber, that's Joseph Golby. Then we've got three non-movers. We've got uh, Ursay, we've got Gary Proctor, and Chris Stanworth in fifth, fourth, and third positions, respectively. Um, and then at the top, we've got another change. We've got Adam Dennett, who we had on uh, on our last preview show, uh, Do or Deitch. His team is now down to second place, and he's been overtaken by Sean Danaher. His Gotham FC is uh, out in front by 15 points at the top. He's uh, leading the table 
15 points ahead with, uh, with well, just five game weeks to go. That's exciting. I've got to say, I did, I know he's obviously dropped a place this week, so it's the, it's the preview show curse, but I really enjoyed Adam's um, segments last week. I thought he was really knowledgeable and it, I could have talked to him for hours about, you know, like the tactics he adopts. And it was really nice listening to somebody who's so into the fantasy football and considers it a really good hobby. Even though he was a bit including tearing your team apart. He was a little bit rude about my team, wasn't he? Really? <laughs> I think I was being a little bit polite when he was on the show because I was like, Oh, he's our guest and he's given up the time to come on the show. And then when producer Matt tweeted out <laughs> I said I was like, Oh yeah, actually, hang on a minute. Adam Dennett. Um, yeah, I'll get him back. Because next season, when I win the whole thing, because I'm gonna be brilliant, then who's gonna be laughing then, Dave? And speaking of which, how are we doing? How are we doing indeed? Uh, yes, well, you are well, hovering around a similar position to what you were before. You're in 223rd position with 1,428 points cumulative to date. And um, I'm pretty much where I was. I'm 132nd position with 1,756 points. So just the, what, 328 points ahead of you? So I'm wondering, with five game weeks to go, are you finally going to concede no. that you're not going to catch me up? Not until it's mathematically impossible. <laughs> <laughs> I've still got a chance. We'll see. Still got a chance. Um, Richard Steele, he continues to lead the way in our podcasters' mini-league and is also in 87th place uh, with 1,838 points in the overall known in ever fantasy Premier League table. And then we've come on to our, our Kings. You want to hear the best players from the last two games? Of course I do. Hit us, hit us, hit us. Okay, we have got, for, first of all, for game week 32, it looks like we have a 3-5-2 formation. We had Sanchez in goal. We had three defenders who were uh, Evans and Castagne. We had two Leicester players in the defence, uh, as well as uh, Lorente of Leeds. We had a midfield five of Sigurdsson, Greenwood, Son, Bernardo Silva and uh, Richie of Newcastle. And a front two of uh, or two England players, Kane and uh, Vardy up front for, uh, uh, for game week 32. And the highest scoring player was, uh, I think, Sigurdsson had... Oh, there's actually a few players with 15, so it's, it's, it's joint on there. Sigurdsson, Greenwood and Evans... All had 15 points. And then for game week 33, um, it might not surprise you too much. You know, there's a, a Burnley presence in there. We've got, uh, again for this one, we've got four... Oh, well, it had to be, didn't it? 4-4-2 four, four, formation. We had uh, Ramsdale, Sheffield United uh, in goal. I don't think that's happened too many times this season. We had uh, defence of Chilwell, Godfrey, Castagna again, and uh, Wan-Bissaka. Uh, we had two Burnley midfielders in the midfield four. We had uh, Dwight McNeil and Ashley Westwood were joined by uh, Pereira of West Brom and El Ghazi of Aston Villa. And then it probably won't surprise you to know that Chris Wood was in there up front uh, with uh, Ian Acho. Chris Wood was the high-scoring player overall for game week 33. He had 20 points. That's uh, three goals, uh, an assist his appearance points, and I think probably all three bonus points as well, got him 20 points for game week 33. So he was the overall king of um, last weekend's game week. 
Excellent. Um, well, moving on away from from the actual points themselves, Dave, the second part of our Fantasy Premier League update is your opposition three to watch, which is a, a nice, clever little twist on uh, the, the player to watch because you pick three players who we need to keep an eye out for in our next game, but purely based on their Fantasy Premier League points. So who's this week? Well, we've got four West Ham United. Uh, Aaron Cresswell is the high-scoring player overall for them, 136 points, although he has missed the last couple of games. He's uh, uh, probably not going to be starting on uh, on Monday. Uh, in second place with 131 points is Thomas Suchek, doing very well from uh, midfield, getting plenty of points. And also uh, Jared Bowen, 129, just behind. Um, I think for this week, it might just be worthwhile because having a quick refresh of Burnley's top three mm. FPL point scorers so far this season. And they are, uh, out in front is Nick Pope with 136. Uh, Chris Wood, helped by that 20 points last week, is uh, catching him up. He's on 120. And Dwight McNeil is in third place on 102. So they're Burnley's top three scorers so far this season. Excellent stuff. Um, So what's going to happen next week? Do we think we're going to have a full fantasy update next week? Uh, I think we're all right, yeah. As it stands, we should be okay to bring a regular league uh, rundown as well as recapping the Kings of Game Week uh, update. Uh, that's the next time we record the preview show, which will be for the away game at uh, against Fulham at Craven Cottage. So um, it, it does change sometimes. They get extra uh, fixtures shoe-warned in. But as it stands at the moment, I don't think there are any um, late midweek fixtures. So we should be fine to do a, a proper update next week as well. Good stuff. Um, well, good luck, managers. Five games to go. Who is going to take that highly competitive and much coveted known and ever Premier League crown with a prize that isn't just a known and ever sticker. Actually, you know what, Dave? Since we concluded the our league last year, I've moved house. I don't know where the stickers are. They could be anywhere. Oh no. They might be in a box somewhere. I still have boxes I've not yet unpacked, but yeah, that's going to be a challenge. I keep promising our uh, Fantasy Premier League champion stickers and I don't think I've got them. Uh, but do not fret, listeners. I will find them before we get to that point of the season and producer Matt's going to sort out a nice present anyway. We've got a budget for a prize, so that will be nice. Statman Dave's quiz question. Um. Okay, before we close off then, Dave, this week's quiz question. This this could literally be anything, but you've gone rogue again, you've gone tricky, and you've got a three-part question. What have you gone with? I have, yes. Um, other than Chris Wood, only three other Burnley players have scored hat-tricks away from Turf Moor since 2000. But how many of the three can you name? Other than Chris Wood, only three other Burnley players have scored hat-tricks away from Turf Moor since 2000. But how many of the three can you name? I would never have guessed that that four Burnley players have scored hat-tricks away from home since 2000. Just mainly because of the amount of Premier League seasons we've had in that time. And it's very hard to score a hat-trick in the Premier League. It's very hard to score a goal away from Turf Moor. So I'm going to... I'll give you a clue. None of them, other than Chris Woods, were in the Premier League. So the yeah, other three me. were all championship. Yeah, I was literally about to say, I'm going to head to the championship for those. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I think I can probably give a, um, a good guess of two of them. So Two were very memorable games, yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm... 
yeah, I think I've got them. I think I know what they are. Oh, this is exciting. I might have got these. Um, well, tell our listeners how they can submit their answers, please, Dave. Yeah, I'm going to go. I, can I just say, the last time I did this, listeners, um, I was absolutely convinced of the answer to who scored. Was it who scored away at, at Old Trafford before? Whoever yes. it was who scored away at Old Trafford. And, and it I was, wasn't Adrian I was, Heath. Yeah, I was so gutted. I was like, it's Adrian Heath. And Dave's face was just like, are you an idiot? I was like, yes, I, I clearly am. Um, so maybe it, maybe this is another one of those instances, listeners, where um, I've got it completely wrong, but I think I've got the three. Um, so why don't you, sorry, I interrupted you then, Dave. Tell our listeners how they can submit their answers. Uh, yes, you can tweet us or send a direct message on Twitter. That's at Never. Uh, you can email us, podcast at net, or you can also reply uh, on the post that will go up for the preview show on the Known and Never Facebook page or on YouTube. And as always, we'll reveal the correct answer at the start of the next preview show. Good stuff. Um, any other business, Dave? I don't have anything to add this week. Do you at all? No, I think we're, we're still waiting for fixtures. We know that the Fulham game was changed the Monday. We know the Leeds game is going to be changed because they won't possibly play it on the Tuesday. Um, and we're possibly thinking the Liverpool match is going to change as well. But I suspect it might be um, maybe next week when they announce the dates for uh, for those two. Good stuff. Well, that is therefore then all we have time for this week, listeners. Uh, my thanks as ever to everybody who contributed to this week's preview show. Uh, to regular contributor Jan for Jan, sorry for yet another fantastic match day memory. Turf Mustadium announcer Dominic Walker for his specially recorded preview show announcements. Uh, producer Matt for knitting all of this together and getting it out there. But my final thanks, of course, to Dave Roberts for just the phenomenal work that he does in putting all of this together and do make sure sure that you check out the Burnley Stats match database. Um, Dave, remind our listeners what link they follow. Uh, if you go to um, a short link, bit.ly forward slash Burnley Stats, and that will get you there. That will have all the information. Excellent. Every Every past Burnley match. Yeah, do check it out because uh, it's a massive passion of Dave's and it's so, such a great resource to get all the answers that you need so do check it out um finally my thanks go to you the listeners for downloading and listening to this episode your support is very much appreciated and we would not be here without you um we will be back after the bank holiday weekend with the analysis show um looking back at what happened at uh, the west ham game at home at the weekend at turf and dave and i will be back same time next week yeah same time next week for the preview show for fulham um in the meantime listeners do take care um do not oh actually no one thing that we do need to mention dave is of course we're going to fall silent so at the time that you guys are listening to this um over the weekend none and ever will have closed for the weekend we are of course supporting the premier league's um uh, media social media blackout this weekend uh, saying no to racism and they're taking a stand against just the ridiculous amount of racism that's happening through social media and targeted at, at players and everybody really um so our social media channels will fall silent from 3 p.m on friday and they will not be open again until Tuesday morning um, after we've played West Ham on Monday night. So you won't hear from us. Um, you know, it's a, it's a great cause. How much good it does, I don't know, but it's a start. It's a start, and we're never going to fix this problem overnight. So, you know, if you don't want to take part just because you don't think it'll do any good, then I would encourage you to have a rethink because, you know, from little acorns grow big trees. So let's try and see if we can at least make a start on this. Um, so, yes, if you can join join in and um, support the initiative, then please do. And we will be back next week. This has been the preview show brought to you by the Known and Ever podcast. Until next time. 
away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.